0: Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut,
1: real. In 1991, following the departure of Pastor Brian Belrose, our church had Reverend Elmer Lindale of Pennsville serve as an interim pastor until 1992, after a few years of interim pastors, we were blessed to have Reverend Eric Ray and his family become our new pastors. And he would serve as pastor here uh, from June of 92 through 1998. Pastor Ray was ordained by the Assemblies of God Churches following his education at Central Bible College. Following his four-year degree, he earned a master's degree in biblical literature before serving as our pastor here, he served as an assistant pastor in Corning, New York. In July of 92, Pastor Ray wrote an essay that was published in the Daily Journal, marking his ideas around the 4th of July. In this essay he stated, "Nearly 2000 years ago, Jesus Christ signed our spiritual declaration of independence on the cross. He willingly shed his innocent blood for our sins. Leading people to Christ has always been Pastor Ray's heart. In 1998, after six years of faithful service, Pastor Ray left Malaga Pentecostal Assembly to return to New York. This move had Pastor Ray begin pastoring at Hampton Bay's Assembly of God on on Long Island. On Sunday, August 23rd of 1998, a farewell service was held in honor of Pastor Ray and his family. His wife, Vivian, and son, Derek, and daughter, Shannon, all by his side went on this new path together to follow God's will for their family. Today, it's an honor and a privilege to welcome them back to Hope Assembly of God to help us and to preach our final 100-year anniversary message, Eric and Vivian Ray. Let's welcome them back.
0: I go to the wireless or good morning. Good morning. It's so wonderful to be here with all of you folks today and celebrate hundred years of Hope Assembly of God. And uh, we just want to congratulate you folks and thank you so much for inviting us. It's so good to be here. Um, thank you, Pastor. I keep wanting to say Pastor Randy, but Pastor Sabella and Dory for um, just being such great hosts. We had a great time last night going out to dinner, and um, you've just been so good to us, and uh, you're just doing such a great job here, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. But all of you folks, you hold a special place in our hearts, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but I'm going to give it over to you.
2: It's so great to see you again. You know, some of you just have not changed. (laughs) That's a good thing. It's truly an honor and a blessing to be with you today. Pastor Sabella and his wife, they are just the sweetest, kindest souls. You know, they've got such warm hearts, and I am just so happy that they are here with you, and they are just doing a phenomenal job. And um, I just wanted to share that I am so pleased with what God is doing among you. Pastor Sabella was sharing about the wonderful things that have happened um, along the way, so many changes, beautiful um, developments personally in your hearts and also in the building. Everything looks great. You've done such a wonderful job. And I know it's because of your dedication and your faith and just your faithfulness to the Lord. So God bless you in that. As I was reading in my devotions, I came across this scripture verse and it really struck me and I said, you know what? I feel like I feel like I want to share this with you today. And it reads um, this is Hebrews 3:13. It reads, "Encourage one another daily as long as it is today that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness." And I'm sure you know the challenges are great, right? Challenging our faith, questioning our faith, um, scrutinizing our faith. And Pastor Sabella mentioned um, the founding people here with your body of Christ here had to face some persecution um, when they changed their religion and met Jesus. And back in this day, Paul was addressing the Hebrew Christians because they were facing similar things: persecution for their faith, mockery, there were um, false teachings out there. And he was just saying to them, "Hold on to your faith, stay close to Jesus. Don't let the world's ideologies steal from you and take from you." And three things I wanted to leave with you today is stay in fellowship with other believers, and it sure looks like you've got that down, (laughs) doing that today, and talk daily about your faith with one another, how God has answered your prayers, what he's doing in your lives, and encourage each other in love and in concern, and also, I I want you to know that I was personally blessed to know that you were lifting us up in prayer through some of the Physical challenges we have had even recently, uh, battles with cancer. So, um, glory to God. He's healed my son, he's healed my husband, and, and I just wanted to say a big thank you. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> thank you. I guess, can we go eat
0: now? That was a snowfall. <laughs> <Take another roll. laughs> Amen. Wow. I've been trying to scour to recognize all your faces out there, your smiling faces. It's so good to see you all. Uh, we began our ministry here on Sunday, May 3rd, 1992. That was 30 years and one month ago. I can't believe that it's been that long. And uh, I turned 30 that May. I just turned 60, so that was half of my life. Half of my life. Um, Many of the folks that we knew back then are now with the Lord, and we'll see them again. But many of you folks are still here, and it's so great to see your your smiling faces. And um, it's wonderful to meet some new folks, and we look forward to meeting you a little bit more a little bit later on in the dinner. Um, Both our children were born here when we pastored the church. And correct me if I'm wrong, Uh, I believe we were the first pastoral family to have children born in the Parsonage. Is that correct? Other pastors came, they had children, but ours were born here. They were born in Turnersville Hospital. Um, And that was significant because we had been praying for a long time for children. And um, after 10 years of marriage and you folks praying with us, we finally, we had a son, Derek. And then a few years later, we had Shannon. And... uh, So, and you were always so good to our kids. Um, Our kids um, are now grown, of course. Derek is 27, and Shannon is 24. Derek lives in Jacksonville, Florida now. He he got a bachelor's degree in public health, and he's an environmental health and safety specialist with Amazon. Um, Shannon is a licensed cosmetologist, she does hair all that kind of stuff. But she kind of is changing directions. So she just went back to school. She just graduated from um, community college and associate's degree. We're not quite sure where, where she's going to go yet. She still lives with us. Um, a few years after we moved um, and the kids started school, Vivian went back to school. And she got her master's and grad school. And, and she's a certified teacher. She's been in the school system ever since. And we've been um, at the same church since we left here, Hampton Base. Um, Come visit us sometime. I know a few of you came. I know Nick could still have been there. Uh, the east end of Long Island, um, about 90 miles, I guess, from New York, about as far as you are from New York. So we're really out there. It's a Long Island. It really is a Long Island. Um, and uh, we've been passing from there. Vivian's family is not far away. In fact, her two sisters and her mother live about 20 minutes away. So that's been kind of nice. And, in fact, her mom attends our church, and she leads a, a women's Bible study every Thursday. Um, And I think there was a picture up there. That's what we looked like about the time we left. And that was about maybe back in November. So um, we have very fond memories with you folks, Um, doing ministry outreaches, VBS, retreats, choir, missions banquets. We worked hard together. We had a lot of fun. We ate. See, that's continuing on. Some of you folks babysat our kids. Janet McCanny. Kids used to call it say, Janet McCandy, I think. <laughs> um, many of you had us over for dinner or took us out to dinner. Um, you brought us vegetables from your garden. Um, Frank Simone, I don't know if you still have your garden, but used to bring us all the you know, tomatoes and, and peppers. And, and the Gaetanos, at that time, used to have a mushroom farm. They used to bring us mushrooms. Um, so we ate very good. And uh, you introduced us to, of course, different kinds of pasta. Pasta bazoul. the first time I ever, I think it was the Albanese who would we, make that. And um, pepper and egg sandwiches. Amen. Pepper and egg sandwiches. <laughs> um, we tried to learn Italian while we were here. Parlo poco Italiano. <laughs> and of course, la pasta del Signore. I don't know if I. Oh, now, Vivian and I are not Italian. But I think we became like you folks are. Pastor Randy and Dora, you're Italian I guess, right? But uh, Oh, okay, well we became a little Italian. We still are. So I won't lie to you, there were some challenges that we had to manage and overcome when we first arrived with you. And what church doesn't have challenges? Um, and that's, that was the beginning of some of my gray hairs. But as we worked together, the Lord brought some blessings and it's just, again, so wonderful to see what God is doing in the church today. And we look back on our years with you folks fondly. We were only here six years, six and a half, six and a quarter years. It seems like so fast, a blip. Um, but it wasn't a blip. It was a wonderful time with you folks. And, and, and we're, we're so happy for Facebook because it's allowed us to stay in touch with you folks and you with us. And some of you visited us. We've been back a few times. So, and thank you for praying for our family through some of the issues we had. Our son had cancer. Uh, when he was 18, and he's doing well, and he's doing very well, and, and I recently, um, some of you know, you've been praying for me, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer back in November, um, but um, I had surgery three months ago, everything's fine, I'm doing good, praise the Lord, um, and I'm believing for many, many more years, Amen. you know, God touched my body, and um, thank you for your prayers, because I know you folks were praying, Pastor Randy. Uh, again, kudos to Pastor Randy and Dory. Um, you've been here almost 23 years. And they are the, they're the cream of the crop. Okay, They really are. They, they have been faithful. They've been fruitful here. Um, they love you folks, and I know you love them. So thanks for having us. So what do you preach? What do I preach to you folks after celebrating 100 years of ministry? Well, I asked the Lord for a message, and he gave me this message, 12 stones. I want to talk about the 12 stones that we read about in Joshua chapter 4. And then a little bit later, we're going to go back to Joshua chapter 1. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to read the scripture. Can I do that? Can I read nine verses, and then we'll just touch on it as we go. I don't know what you... Okay. Um, when When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan... The Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the places where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men, he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future. When, you ask, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, and they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who had carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, help me to share today what you have placed on my heart, and give us ears to hear what your Holy Spirit wants to say to us through your word. Challenge us and encourage us today, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Joshua 4, it's recording a time of transition for the Israelites. It was a new season for Israel. It was really a new beginning. And it was immediately after crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. The Israelites had just entered the promised land. And it was a miracle in the way that they did. You know, years earlier, God had led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. And it was a miraculous deliverance. He parted the Red Sea. God did a similar thing here when they entered into the promised land. They crossed the Jordan River, it says, on dry land. The Lord miraculously stopped the river from flowing at flood stage. Now, normally the river might be 150, 300 feet wide, maybe the width of a football field or the length of a football field. But at flood stage, it could be considerably larger. And the Lord stopped the river so that they passed through on dry ground. Um, And the Lord... We're told did not want them to forget the miracle. So he tells them to collect stones, 12 stones, one from each of the 12 tribes, right where the Ark of the Covenant had been in the middle of the river. And he said, I want you to set them up as a monument to the Lord so that you never forget what God did. They were to be a memorial, kind of like the Ebenezer stone that you mentioned that took place a little bit later on in 1 Samuel 7, where they said, thus far the Lord has helped us. In fact, the 12 stones are actually one of seven stones, I believe, in the book of Joshua, that they set up as memorials. But the the key is, in verses 21, 22, 23, the meaning was to convey to the surrounding nations and to the people of Israel something very significant had happened. The surrounding nations, who they were going to then conquer were to be informed that the Lord had delivered them. And the Lord, God, is the Lord. He is the only God. And he's a powerful God. And he's a mighty God. And there isn't anything he can't do. And also, it was to convey to the Israelites that they were never to forget the Lord's power as well and what he had just done. And and it was to serve as a reminder to the generations to follow what the Lord had done. And, you know, the 12 stones teach us that it's important to remember significant events in our lives. Life is full of significant events, like when we're saved, when we're healed, when we're delivered, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're protected, when we're provided for. When God does something awesome in our lives, we're to remember that. We're to um, tell others about it. We're to give glory to God. So we, we, we... commemorate significant events, and anniversaries, and, and weddings, and graduations. We have ceremonies, and we have parties, and music, and food. And we write journals. And we hang frame pictures up on our walls. And we, we put up diplomas and, and plaques. And we post on social media, right? Twitter, and Instagram, and Facebook. They didn't have social media back in this day. So they they didn't have an iPhone to to video the crossing of the the Jordan. But what they had was 12 stones. So the 12 stones was their way of remembering this significant event. Israel's crossing the Jordan River was miraculous. God had told them he was going to do it, he did it, and they were to never, ever forget it. And now, you've experienced a significant event, 100 years of existence, 100 years of ministry. A hundred years of worship and fellowship and discipleship and ministry and evangelism, change lives, blessings, and being a blessing. That's something to celebrate, something to give glory to. And you've celebrated over the last year. You've set up 12 stones basically every month, right? One stone a month saying, thank you, God, for what you've done. We recognize you are at work in our lives. You, we recognize what you're doing. So for the past month, 12 months, you've been celebrating and, and you're continuing. Now it's time to possess the land. Now this is significant. Israel's crossing was not the end. It was a new beginning. And that's very important to remember. Hope Assembly of God's crossing 100 years of ministry is a new beginning. It's not an ending. It's a new season. The ministry of this church is not over. It's just beginning to blossom. It's just beginning to flourish. As long as there are people to reach for Jesus, the work must continue. As long as there are people that that need to be discipled, the work must continue. As long as there are people that need forgiveness and and healing and deliverance and hope, the work must continue. So don't see the, the past 100 years, or now 101, I guess, as a time to sit back and, and, and just rest. It's not a stool to rest on, but it's a springboard to explode from and advance forward from. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and God is at work. He's on the move. Just before the Israelites crossed the Jordan, the Lord gave them some instructions that are important to remember and so I'd like to now just go back a couple of chapters to chapter 1. And God gave Joshua and the people a charge. Two promises and a condition. Let me read again, if you don't mind, verses 1 through 9. And then I'll just touch on it as we go through. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the Great River, from the Euphrates, all the Hiltite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from the, to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Notice there's a promise of victory, a promise of his presence, and a condition to obey the word of God. And that's very important for them. And it's very important for us to consider today. He promised them victory. Every place that they would go, no one would be able to stand against them. And he tells them three times, be strong and courageous. You know why? Because there were going to be some battles ahead. You can't have victory without battles. A lot of us want to say, yeah, I have victory in Jesus. Well, guess what? You can't have that without first having a battle. And they had some battles they had the, the, the Jericho before them, the, the mighty Jericho and the walls there. There were many sinful nations that possessed the land. They were not going to give up their land easy. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Jesuitites, the bites, the Tikbites, you know, all the ites, you know, ites, ites, ites. And, and there were giants in the land, the descendants of Anak. Remember Goliath. Nine feet tall, 500 pounds. He was a descendant of Anak. There was sinful idolatry and immorality that their enemies um, were involved in, and they were to have to resist that and overcome that. The Lord promised them victory, and guess what? Victory happened. They won 13 out of 14 battles. The reason they lost the one was not because the, the uh, armies against them were greater. It was because they had sinned in the camp. But they gained control of the land, they divided it up among the nations, the tribes, and they possessed the land. And I believe God is promising this church victory in this new season of ministry that it will be prosperous and successful. You'll be, you'll be anointed, you'll be fruitful. You're going to conquer the Jerichos. You're going to defeat the giants in the land. But remember you can't have victory without having battles. And, and The challenges before the church are great. And not just this church, but all churches. The church I pastor, all the churches out there. Churches, we're still adjusting to navigating through COVID. We live in a post-COVID world. We all know what that's been like the last two, two years or so. Doing ministry has not been easy, especially for pastors. We either got grayer or we lost it, right? And, uh, you know, you talk to pastors, it's, you know, it's not been easy to try to adjust to a, a new normal. Everybody uses that word. I call it the new abnormal, okay? Uh, <laughs> but our world, think of how our world has changed just in two years. And things are not going back to the way they were. As much as we would like that to happen, some things, but a lot of things are not ever going to go back to the way they were. We're in a whole new season, if you will, We're sailing in uncharted waters that are windy and rough, unmapped territory that is bumpy and and windy, and the stakes are high. And we know the divisive social issues of our day are just getting more intense, right? There's intolerance, there's ignorance, there's racial tension, civil unrest, political division, financial instability. Our culture keeps getting more secular. Immorality is spiraling downward. Spiritual warfare is getting more intense. We're living in times where we need renewed focus. We need renewed commitment. We can't afford to just coast. We can't afford to coast in this season. This is a new season that demands strength and courage like like they had to have. So we can't just settle for complacency. We cannot, we must not cower in fear to the battles before us and the challenges ahead. We've got to ride courageously and confidently and face it head on, knowing that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And, and one with God is a majority. Amen. So victory, and, and that's for the church, but personally, do we need victory today? Are there areas of our lives that we, we need God to do something Maybe in some relationships, maybe in our finances, maybe it's at work or it's at school or even in the church. Temptation, oppression, persecution, health issues, discouragement, depression, anxiety. You know, God doesn't always remove the obstacles from us. We pray that way. But oftentimes, instead of removing them from us, he takes us through them or over them. But he always gives us victory, victory through. I was thinking of Andre Crouch, you mentioned Andre Crouch earlier. There's a song called "Through It All." Yeah. Through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all. I should have put my glasses on. <laughs> I've learned to depend on His Word. I thank God for the mountains. I thank God for the valleys. I thank him for the storms that he brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what God could do, right? Through it all. So let's believe God for victory. Through. The Lord also promised them his presence. Don't worry, there's hope. I'm moving along here. I got, just say the amen really loud when it's time, okay? Uh, <laughs> As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. They needed that reassurance that God was going to be with them. They were not on their own. It must have been very scary for the Israelites. But the Lord said, I'm with you. And he's with you in this new season. Be reminded He is with you, and he's beside you, and he's before you. He's in front of you, and he's living in you. He will never forsake you. You're not alone in the trials you face. So he's going to be that one to bring victory to you. You know, when I was in school, both my junior and my senior high, or middle school, or whatever they call high school, they had something called Freshman Friday. I don't know if your school had that, but mine did. When I started seventh grade, I changed schools. I went from an elementary school to a a junior high school. And they combined about six or seven elementary schools into this one big school. It was a big school, a big building. You know, remember Welcome Back, Cotter? Some of you might remember that. You might remember the psalm. But that, that school looked just like that. And back then, that's when the show was out, too. So so I always, as I walked to school, think about Welcome Back, Cotter. But in any case, it was about a little over a mile walk for me. It was unfamiliar. There were a lot of new kids. And there was something called the tree. The tree. I actually went back home. I'm from upstate New York. I'm from Rochester. And a couple of years ago, I drove by the school. And the tree is still there. The tree is still there. The tree. Was where all the tough kids hung out before and after school, you know, the smokers, and uh, the troublemakers, the bullies, you know, and um, the tree was on the main sidewalk on the way to the school, so you had to walk by the tree to get to the school. So it was kind of a scary thing to have to go by the tree, especially on freshman Friday, because you knew what was coming. You were a target. Now, unfortunately, I was the oldest, I still am, of my siblings, just me and my sister. So when I walked by the tree, I walked by myself. My sister was still back in elementary school. She couldn't help me. It was scary. I've survived though, I'm here. But for some freshmen, they had comfort when they walked by the tree. They weren't worried. They weren't scared. You know why? They had a big brother. They had a big sister. Who was walking right beside them? Tree didn't bother them. Tree didn't hurt them. Tree wasn't intimidating to them. They weren't walking alone. Maybe there's some trees that you're walking by right now. Maybe there's some trees ahead of you that you're not looking forward to having to face. Know this when you walk by the tree, Jesus is by your side. And the Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He won't dodge. He won't won't abandon you when the bully comes. Okay? He says, I'm with you even unto the end of the age. So we have his presence today. We're not alone. Be encouraged. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And let me kind of go towards an ending by, by sharing the condition. And this is important. Lord promised Israel victory. He promised his presence, but it was conditioned on obeying his word. He said, Be careful to obey the law my, most, my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from the right or to the left. Now, the book of the law was the first five books of Moses. Well, the only books of Moses there, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? The Torah, the, the Pentateuch. That's what they had at the time. We have, of course, 66 books. But they were told not to turn from the right or to the left. They weren't to alter it. They weren't to twist it. They weren't to um, transgress it, keep it before them, talk about it, meditate on it, read it, study it, live it. Most of us have probably been to the circus. You ever seen those crazy people that walk across the one-inch rope 100 feet in the air? They're called tightrope walkers. Really, they're not crazy. They're very, actually very brave, very talented, very skilled people who have learned focused concentration and controlled balance. They've learned that in order to walk across that tightrope, they have to put one foot in front of the other. If they put one foot to the left or one foot to the right, guess what? They're falling down. That's how God wants us to obey his word. Not to the left, not to the right. Straight ahead, focused, balanced, and his promises for the church today are conditioned on not straying from his word. And so many churches today are straying from the word of God. Some are neglecting to preach the word and they're kind of sugarcoating it maybe, feel good messages to track people. And what that's resulted in is Christians aren't being discipled. And people aren't learning the basics, the foundations of the faith. In fact, our general superintendent, Doug Clay, is calling the church because there's a real problem with biblical illiteracy, even in the Assemblies of God. He's calling pastors and leaders to focus on the word. We know there are some churches today that have even said, we don't believe the Bible is the word of God anymore. And a lot of the mainline churches, and they replace the word with everything but. But stay true to the word. Keep holding forth the word of life. I looked, at it. it's still there. Keep holding forth the word of life. Keep doing what Paul told Timothy. Preach the word. Continue to read it, and study it, and listen to it. And I encourage you, this church sounds like you've got a lot going on here. Boy, take advantage of every opportunity you have to study the word together. And allow it to transform and empower you. Hope Assembly of God. I love that new name. Maybe we should change the name of our church for that. I actually thought of it. We're still Hantham Bay's Assembly of God. When I was here, it was Malaga Pentecostal Assembly. Before me, it was Italian Christian Evangelical Church. A few years ago, it was Malaga Assembly of God, and now it's Hope Assembly of God. Hope. The church is bright with hope. Have hope. Hope Assembly of God. Continue to allow God to equip you, empower you, inspire you. He's building his church and he's not done with you yet. Like I said earlier, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Know this, that he who began a good work in you will continue it on until the day of Christ Jesus. God always finishes what he starts He never gets discouraged. He never quits. He never gets distracted. He never forgets. That's true for the church as a whole. That's true for each of us as an individual. He's working on us. We're his masterpiece in progress. So continue on with the bright hope that Jesus has you to share. Can I pray for you folks? Okay. Would you bow and your heads in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this great church. Hope Assembly of God, I thank you for its pastors, its deacons, its trustees, its ministry leaders, everyone who serves in some form of ministry here, Lord, every person that calls this church their home, everyone that's in the sanctuary today, everyone that is watching online today. On this day of Pentecost, I pray for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on this congregation with power, Lord, I pray for your blessings to rain down upon everyone that's connected to this church. I pray for a double portion of your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray for powerful anointing on everyone who ministers. I pray for continued revival. I pray for continued unity and cooperation, continued vision, continued passion. I pray that the next hundred years, should you tarry, Lord, will be built a towering building would be built upon this wonderful foundation, Lord. I ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. May the hope, God of hope, fill you with all joy, peace, as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.